0: afternoon. It's test-free. Recording another short story from my 1950s collection. Um, I'm on Barbie's podcast, Barbie Does Change, and uh, I'm really delighted to use this uh, format. So here I am reading my story. This is a published story. It was published um, in the San Diego Literary Guide at San Diego State University, San Diego, California, 2014. <clears throat> and the name of the story is called Girl Fight. In 1961, the kids I grew up with were offspring from New York City's hell kitchen immigrants who after years of backbreaking labor and living in squalid filthy tenements in New York, finally some of them got out and moved back into the forests of upstate New York. My grandparents went to no man's land to build a restaurant where we all would work, being we were Greek. And I was in school with families just like this. Middle school, where we were all spawned from foreign parented, alcohol abuse, birth storied. Some of us had our life scripted and some of us walking around with babies from our very own dads. Yeah, we were that bunch of direct immigrant hoodlums and our life was being told for us right before our eyes. In the streets, we formed family groups that were just like the families we came from. The strong girls wanted a crowd to hang out with, other girls who would hold up their back and admire everything they did. Further, as our Mama Supremes, they controlled relationships, who was on and who was off, and they were strict. They had to be hard and soft at the same time, they were real royal divas. They insisted we were good dancers, and we sang harmonies, and we played sports to win. The mamas had reasons for pairing everybody up, and that was to keep peace among the boy gangs. Yep. You see, I knew everything in life. I knew everything in life was physical, body to body, raw, raw. This was my life right in front of my eyes. And in this group, I was the oldest of the younger kids. At school, all week long, there were endless hot rumors flying around, landing on the ears of those of us who needed to fight. Meaner dirt was being hurled at two well known girl gang bosses, our heroes back then, back when girls could be heroes. As part of being of the little kid group, we did the cop spotting for fights. And more, most importantly, we inspected the park grass before every fight for dog shit. <laughs> true, true. No, no decent fight included dog shit because we thought we were above rolling around in that. And back at school, we didn't mix and mingle with other gangs much until a fight was gonna happen. Then we all would talk about the place, conditions, and of course no weapons were ever used. We were all bare-fisted. Weapons were cheating, everybody said. Yeah, we Guineas, Polacks, Irish, Russians, Greek, Catholics, Protestants, and Orthodox know-it-alls. We talked more when our leaders weren't mad, but they were mad a lot back in 1961. We fought over everything because we needed to fight. We had gang fights over the best looking girls and boys and the winner took all and we bred inward. We wanted the best, fiercest boys with the strongest and yet most beautiful girls. We loved looking at them when they danced. We loved to see them play sports and we loved their gorgeous little blonde babies. We just wanted to try to be like them. Eventually, it seemed the girls got prettier and prettier with age. But not so with these boys. Their mood didn't seem to improve, and they got meaner and meaner than hell. But Buzz was gripping the school beehive, where we could notify every single one of us urchin little bitches that the girl fight was going to be on. And today, today, the girl fight, our everything shouted. Our pickle-eating, waggly, little onion-breath, emigrated tongues could notify the entire four floors of us unbridled school hellions in 12 seconds flat. Oh, yeah, school. School was a beehive where it all happened, where the worker bees were preening their queens. Yep, you just had to be at school because this fight was so important. A new girl gang queen must be had for our hive to remain in the waxed houses and not hysterically buzzing all about, flailing place everywhere, willy-nilly and don't I know it. Yeah. In seventh grade, I decided being expelled from school was the worst. I had to be at school. Yep school was way better than being returned from juvie hall after i had been locked up a few times if you get my dress drift but since i was trying to get out of there i couldn't seem to find any place to go but at least in school the buzz was on i i knew what was going on and who was who there were just it was just crazy times there were just sometimes spontaneous fucking gang blow-ups that would happen, and just be crazy fun running around all over the place, in town, in schools, in yards, just releasing anger, just pent-up anger. There were no drugs. I remember a time when things just got so out of hand, a teacher of ours would he had the habit of kicking our desk, which was attached so that he would kick the front of it and you were sitting in the chair and you'd go flying across the room. And he did this a couple of times one day and we got up and we started throwing out all the desks in the room, including his chair. We emptied the whole room. We threw everything out of the fourth floor window onto the grass below. Yeah, that was the that was, uh, 60s. It was just rage against the oppressive, ball-busting society. So I had grown up with a foot in each solid reality. And I didn't know in seventh grade that I was headed for leadership of my own style in life. I didn't know the gangs would be so prominent. Oh yeah, perhaps, and you know it's a gang that really taught me something about Mother Jones' hellish organizing skills, plus I had a natural Hitler-like brutality and a Lao Tzu strategic planning line, and oh hell, throw in a mighty good dose of Catholic Croatian nationalism too to boot Did I say the pump was being primed <laughs> Yeah, I was getting a grip on myself in life, and I had to live, and finally things started to make sense. I'm growing up, I said, as I I stood stiff like I learned in brownies. I was feeling good. I didn't have to fight that day. I merely had to stay frosty. My loyalties would thrive for my shrewdness at staying alive. Just stay alive. That's my test. Fights. There were lots and lots of fights yep after school i will be redeemed after school these two brick shithouses of blue denim skin tight over fat asses stretch pants girls would fight the fight to end all bickering there would be one true queen the tight ass pants made these two burly women look meaner than mean to see a big-ass girl's big-ass girl fight with her fat asses, jiggling, duking it out in the park was a must-see to become a normal person in my town and in my gang. And it was going to be today. And I'm thinking, you know, for sure the girl with the strongest legs will wrestle her to the ground and break her back in a leg lock, and that would hold her for hours, and punctuated by yells and holler, oh, this is going to be great. They'll be rolling and struggling on the ground, and... And a sisters lock dog cannot be undone unless she has a heart attack or she faints or a rabbit dog comes along to bite her sorry ass, yes. somehow she's going to die. I couldn't breathe thinking how they will kill each other. I knew nothing beats a good leg lock scissor-lock as long as they don't have long arms, therefore leave the Swedes and the Germans alone. Did I say I was pumped to the gills? After coming to this dump school at 12 and on the first day having to fight over my shiny patent black leather shoes, I was ready for all this fear to be worth it so one of them would be dead and we could have peace. I was happy inside. These beulahs always always got us to spill our guts about whatever we knew, and I always thought of them somewhere between nurses and cops. When they had done with you, you'd wish you were in jail, or they'd find some reason for you to go to the doctor, especially if you were sick and you had a fever. If you were walking around sick, they'd beat your ass good, so you'd go get medicine at the hospital. Once penicillin came around... Some of us got, none of us got sick anymore. We might as well have drunk it in our baby bowels because it nourished us. Now, you know, as I think of it, that's what I call love. Those nurse caps kept us healthy. But still, I think all those girls should be named Beulah so we know it is who it is we're getting. Here's an example of a Beulah. grab a hold of you and throw you on the ground. Did you hear the, who the other gang is going to be that held me down with one knee in my chest? And maybe, no, no, I didn't follow along. I went home, I was tired. I smacked my, I smacked thing, you little shit. What the fuck, you know, you did over, over, nothing, nothing. I didn't, I didn't hear anything. After some good beat ups, somewhere over time, these beulahs taught every one of us little bitches to tell the truth and trust was established in the group. okay all right all right all right it's fight time after lunch we let our 800 immigrant selves out of school early in unison as we began the exodus to the great definite battle lemmings to the fight to the end of all fights it was that wave we had when we walked we were all clattering and laughing And our movements became invisible currents among us. And we united into that morpholactic thing, like when we became marauders, going into stores and just taking the things we needed to live and survive. You know, how else were some of us going to eat? Our parents were drunks or gone. And how else was I going to get any shoes? I thought that was harmless. I didn't hurt anyone. Who would give a shit if I killed myself anyway? We didn't raise department store hell very often. It just seemed like we had to get this normal thing that everybody else had. But eventually the town got sick of us. And I remember I said, the town I grew up in, where I had my period fucked and infected and ran from cops and where I blooded and had babies in has gone and gave me up for dead. Yeah, I'd will that someday, but not today. Because leaving school we were the blob of grape jelly donut filling, overflowing the sidewalks into the street, down the main drag to the par- park, the sweet The smell of of sweat, sinew, and and bone was calling the wild to court. At the edge of the park, the job assignments were yelled out to all the gang. Every single person knew what they were supposed to do when I got my kick-in-the-head orders that nearly wrecked my dream of watching these two bitches pound the shit out of each other. I was supposed to post-Guard at 20th and K., Oh, that's great. Fuck from that location. I can't see the fight running to my post. I was cop spotting from the farthest corner of the park. Oh, my God. This can't be happening. I want to see one of them get killed. Oh, I was yelling ecstatic getting hoarse before the fight even started. Ooh, but wait. Oh, blush and pump. Here come our biggest, most coolest boys with the coolest hair as they sauntered up in their skinny wife beater t-shirts with slung-down Levi's straight-leg jeans, yeah! Puffin' a fag, of course. The fight was a real fashion show meat market from pure heaven. Heaven! I was hood-like bound loyalty to my street family, all of this mess. The boys are playing real cool, low-key. The fight is a big day for them, too. They get the girl whom they've laid off, choosing specifically because they had played both edges of their their bait, blades, not knowing who would quite win this fight. Sauntering around, leaning on trees, with one leg all James Dean looking, and all oh, their duck asses in Puerto Rican fence climber boots, so pointy like the tip of my clit. Wow. Are they gorgeous or what? Look at those cigarettes rolled up in their in their sleeve. Look at those muscles. Most of these boys had been to jail and they worked out. Well, I was melting away, creaming in my jeans and spot, realizing the damn winner of this gang was automatically gonna be some of these boys' leader's booty. I realized how much of an outsider I was, and I says to myself, Oh, my God, oh, hell, I need a protector. I need someone to protect me. I wailed into the throng of non-listeners. Yeah, the boys' fight at these girls' fights was to keep eagle-eyed frosty and watch out to keep the fight civil and the girls get too out of hand. The fucking girls fainted, and the boys would have to stop, and other from Waylon on when she's passed out. You can't beat someone who's KO'd. It just wasn't civil. This was weird. Because you know, we're bigger than most of these boys. And how can I feel safe with my assigned protector, his old Coke bottle duct tape eyeglass buying cripple as my guard? He can't be my protector, I screamed out to everybody. He can only see two inches in front of his face, and he's a foot shorter than me. He can't be my protector. Is that a club foot, too? I said, oh my God. I simply must get male protection, and I make a mental note of this. There was uproarious yelling. Sure enough, I ran so fast, I slit my skirt again everyone was laughing and gruff on what a sight sue had a shirt ripped off on one shoulder and one booby was hanging out flopping about a giant big fat blubber looking booby wow look at these big stocky girls sporting strong beefy manchu like ham hocks from their immigrant mama's cooking i crooned so enviously of them i was but a skinny sack of bags and bones a mere toothpick of a gal who couldn't help but being called olive oil for real I had never seen girls like this, so big and so strong. These gang girls these gang girls were really something. Now ripping off a bra is hard work. You had to cut those big booby straps with a jackknife, which I'm sure everyone had, but would never use. Betty was a swingin' sue around by her crossed in the back, hard bra straps, it was uproarious. They were tough suckers and strong, strong as cards that drove to the meat market. She had popped her buttons on her denim overall bib pants, bib pants that were falling down around her fat ass when she was trying not to fall down. She squatted swinging Susie in a circle like at a square dance. So strong, my hero. Wow, is she fat? No, wait, that isn't fat. But man, look at these f- fat I, thighs. I never thought... Anyway, that's what must be a brick shit house is. Anyway, they're clawing and tearing each other with fingernails, gouging and hair pulling. It was a real cat fight, nasty as hell, rolling, tumbling, hollering, crying, swearing. It was a sight of boiling, bubbling, rolling lava in the volcano before the eruption. Hot, hot, hot. Raging on, we waited for the big boys who waited until the very last minute before they had to muss up their slick down hair. When they were forced to pull the bitches apart before real indecency happened, yeah, this important big ass, big ass's girl fight had limits too. It could not result in them being stripped naked right there in the park. Oh fuck no, no way. There were two churches on each corner and one synagogue off to the right, in the sort of in the middle of the park, where we had all fucked many times in their cubbyhole doorways but girl fight decency didn't seem way low to us with all these churches around. And plus that, I heard that girls fought to the death. Well, it wasn't long with all this going on. Pretty soon we were all begging for the boys to stop the fight. Man, one eye is bleeding, the younger screamed. Their shoes are off, half their clothes, handfuls of hair, scratched. chest, face, bodies got enough, enough, stop it. Everyone was crying. All the babies were bawling, and the boys couldn't stop the fight. The girls were going plumb crazy. Boys were picking the bitches up and falling down with them, and the girls' fat asses outweighed the boys' skinny legs. It took crowds of boys between these two to stop them, and brawls of people were rolling on the grass, Which was inspected for dog shit, don't forget, before the fight I was proud to know. Oh, yes. Everyone was breathless and human flesh balls, and we finally many girls started fainting. Ah, ah, cough. After all, we were having emotion here. Hysterical, I heard passersby yell to my ears from their fancy-ass cars. Dug up scratched to shreds, and so many bruised and swelled areas that the fat girls were hard to look at. Suddenly, I got a foul taste in my mouth, and my stomach turned, and I screwed up my face in disgust. I was truly frozen, Walt, I tell ya. Really? Is this all we did? He gets. I thought somebody was gonna be dead. I learned that day we didn't kill each other, but we sure maimed each other good. It all ended with no relief. Passing out, many were carried away, and there was no winner. It was a sloppy fucking mess of girls rolling around, quiet, crying, swearing, tearing, and bearing. It felt like all feeling gushed together, as one as one happened to me that day. Only the sirens that took the long way to get here could disperse this mighty gang. The eight hundred from the other side. I was sickened and not happy as I thought I'd be. I was going to act like this. This is how it's done. I must do this. Half kill some girls or get pissed on forever. I will do it. Hell yes. I will do it. I will do it. I will be proud to do it." Everyone ran like hell at the sound of the sirens, leaving the girls' hacked up bodies scrambling on the ground. Their boyfriends helped them away. Cool. Since the queens were cared for, we all got the fuck out of Dodge. After the scattering and regrouping at school the next day I let chatter and gossip be my food Scandal sheets, pure lies abound at school It was so hot that Susie and Betty did not come to school for two weeks Healing, getting fattened up by mama's beef stew, yum Plus their vain ass cells would never be seen all messed up like that Fuck now Yep, the rest of us youngers just remain copacetic and automatic pilot in our normal states of confusion, hysteria, and fear. The kind of uncertainty as if we really existed at all inside ourselves, being starving, parentless, leaderless, in and out of our own simple minds. You know, I liked those times when we all just floated around school and town, nothing to worry about because no one was watching us. We had Our leaders were gone. We had more freedom to do when they were in jail or on the mend or sent away. But we always knew they would be back to pick up exactly where they left off and no one had better stray far from that plan. Back at school, in every single homeroom had taken After every single homeroom had taken roll call and sent the list down to the office, the announcement came over the loudspeaker. A long list of names will be read, and those people will attend detention from 3 to 5 every day after school for the remainder of the year. Silence. Once they got us all in school, the lists were read, and no reason was given for the ruling. We heard they were really mad because we got up and walked out, not not because Betty and Susie really nearly killed each other. Rounded up and in close proximity for the entire cold, long winter, I think it was then that I carved my name in a red heart with What's-His-Face on every single desk in the study hall. Now, Now, the study hall was half of the school's lower basement. Big enough for a gym or a dance hall. It had folding doors and desks were jammed up so close she had to walk on top of them. Just past the homework ec- room and the machine shop and the boiler in the basement, the walls on the study hall could be found With slippery, steamy bubbles of human sweat that ran down the laminated walls. Everything smelled of cabbage and onions, crowded, hot, and steamy, warm, and the banging pipes, the flying spitballs. We had such a wonderful time. I saw the big, soft, big snow, flakes of snow piling up to feet and feet of white stuff outside the 20 foot tall windows and my body warmed, mixed with the hate in our veins inside the school. Soft lullaby songs like Angel Baby and the Jukebox walt- waltzed us into a lather. Big waves to surf on boys' heads. Big beehives teased upward toward the ceiling filled with love and sweet love. Oh baby, baby, baby. Everyone with a leather jacket was in detention, anyone who smoked a cigarette was in there, and everyone who could dance was in there, everyone who was different in any way was in there, and we had a blast. So cool, it was the greatest winter of my life. But one more shoe would fall on my head that year. At the end of seventh grade, and the second, to the second to the last day before report cards, I got busted for the study hall desks. Did you carve up these desks with your name, young lady? The line of teachers all gloated at me in a stare down. There was no use of lying because I used my own dumb, stupid seven letter name. I could have wrote me and him, but no, I had to use our real names. Now, what could I say? It was really better to say nothing. Now you can spend the rest of the next year sanding every single desktop in the room, he said. Standing tall, like I learned in brownies, I thought, what a good idea. They sure are filthy anyways. The end. Thanks for listening. This has been Test Free.